already sending to me? I'm sending you my, my paper show notes that I wrote down very quickly. I'm going to tell you what my mom used to tell me. You should be a doctor because your handwriting is illegible just like a doctor's. I did answer phones for <laughs> doctors that never met me. Uh, I, I don't see the connection there. Sorry. Sorry. I, I see the connection. Okay. That's, I guess that's, what, that's what's important. So. Yep. New iPad and smart keyboard map making. Empty stores, Instacart, new kids. You have new kids. So these are these are just a couple of the things that I wrote down. Uh, there there was also a minor a minor earthquake. Tell us a little bit about what happened in the local small community of Salt Lake City. <laughs> local small. I mean, Salt Lake City is it's actually quite a big area, uh, square miles wise. It, the whole county is basically one city and. Or you can think of it as one city, and like the different townships and cities are just kind of suburbs or like neighborhoods that are just part of Salt Lake. So are we talking about like the the like Lehigh and and yeah, so like so like West Valley, Kearns, Taylorsville, Magna. That's where the earthquakes have been happening. But the first big one hit downtown pretty hard and knocked out a bunch of power. So, um, yesterday morning around 7 a.m., yesterday was that, it was a Wednesday, that would have been March 18th, we're sound asleep in bed around 7 o'clock, shaken, awake, like literally just shaken, and my, we live with my in-laws, and so my father-in-law's home, he hasn't left for work yet, and he's, I can just hear him yelling, and my wife uh, sits up in bed and she says what's going on and there's just chaos and panic just everywhere and so me and my wife just like wake up in a in just straight into a panic and we just grab each other and hold on to each other for a sec and then we start to wake up a little bit more and we hear my father-in-law yelling about the earthquake and uh, and then we immediately think of our kids so we jump out of bed she goes to get the older two which are in the bedroom right next to us and I grab the baby and we just and this is upstairs because yeah. you said the basement is just a living area right but your bedrooms are upstairs right so there's uh the second floor the second story is where the bedrooms are and then the main floor is where the kitchen and the main family room is and then in the basement is kind of kind of our separate living room apart from my in-laws space so we're upstairs we grab our kids we just run downstairs and then by then the shaking stopped but you know my father-in-law's absolutely in a panic. Maddie and I step into that space of just fear and panic, and so we just start trying to cope and trying to keep our kids calm and happy. And so we're like explaining that the earth is just cold <laughs> and it's just like shaking because it's it's shivering because it's cold or something. And we turn on a movie to try and just take our minds off it, and we and these aftershocks keep coming, right? And it's just they're not like they're not a big deal at all. It's just like a little rumbling. Did you guys stay upstairs this whole time, or did you guys just on the main floor? The so we're on the main floor okay. now in the main living area in case. That's good. Yeah, yeah. So in case some bigger shocks happen, we can just run out the front door. There's um, there's a field right in front of our front door. Got it. So. Our plan was to just run in the middle of this grass if the quakes came back stronger. They didn't, and like the shakes that we were feeling were just felt like somebody was jumping really heavy on the floor, and just you know, a couple of things were rattling on the walls and stuff. But every time a new an aftershock came through, it just kind of built upon that unease 
and that uncertainty of what was going to happen. You don't know what's gonna, if it's going to be another aftershock or if it's, or if it's a big one, one, right? And then yeah, yeah, we're like looking for information on the internet, and there's just like instantly all these blog writers and freelance writers are writing all these doomsday, <laughs> these doomsday articles, and my father-in-law proceeds to read these partially out loud, just uh, highlighting all of the worst parts. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so we just like get sucked into this this fear, right? And mm-hmm. my in-laws go, they go to the store to get some supplies just in case. Um, so we're we're at home and we're just trying to keep our kids happy, trying to keep keep our heads on straight, failing miserably. And then my father-in-law calls me and he's like, "The University of Utah Seismology Center is predicting a 9.0." aftershock in 30 minutes jeez and i'm so every attempt i had at keeping myself calm just went right out the window at that point and yeah it's all i can do to not start like screaming in front of my kids i'm just dying trying to keep a calm demeanor in front of my kids but my two-year-old is he's just so sensitive to energy and he starts flipping out and that makes it even harder to stay calm and i'm telling maddie like your dad just said there's a 9.0 earthquake coming in 30 minutes that's gonna level the city (laughs) that's like stuff that destroys japan right so she runs upstairs throws some stuff in a duffel bag and we get in the car and we just start driving south we just get the heck out of there We just start driving around, and then we start to calm down a little bit as we get farther away from the epicenter. Like, once we calm down, we just start thinking. And then once our thoughts started going, we got right back into that fear. It got so bad for me. I called my mom, and I I was just talking to her. She lives in St. George, or in Hurricane, about four hours south of where I live. And uh, I'm saying, I'm just telling her, like, what's what's going on, what I've heard. She's And she says, you can come. We've got space for you. Come stay with us for a couple of days. Like, that's totally fine. And that calm, that helped me out a little bit. Just to have some direction or some, just, yeah, some just to have, to look at. Right, just to have something. Because that whole day, we just we were just driving around for hours and hours, just not knowing what the heck we were going to do. Because we didn't have... We had, you know, a, a hastily thrown together duffel bag for um, a four-month-old baby, two toddlers, and two adults. Like, there's no way we could have actually left town and been able to live. We didn't have any mm-hmm. clothes. It was just, like, a handful of diapers and some clothes for the kids, not even anything for us. And so we decided, all right, we're going to go back to the house and at least pack a decent bag so if it's still gonna be bad if there's still gonna be aftershocks we can just be ready to go to my parents house i mean was that was it already like midday by that time yeah so that was like right at noon we started heading back home at noon and it took us probably an hour hour and a half to get home we stopped for lunch and on that hour drive home i just started getting sick with anxiety again Mm. and like I tried all these different meditation techniques of trying to breathe it out trying to like really focus on what I was afraid of like what was making me anxious and I could not for the life of me like shake this fear this anxiety so we got back to the house and the kids my two-year-old was asleep uh, and the four-month-old was asleep and so I stayed in the car with them and my wife and my four-year-old go in and they start packing a bag and I'm just panicking just panicking so i call my friend dane 
and I say, hey man, I need you to do some energy work on me. I'm like, I'm stuck in fear right now and I cannot shake it. So he like asked some clarifying questions just to see what's going on. And then he integrated me to be clearly connected with my fear and with the earthquakes so that I could at least see in my mind what I was afraid of. And from there, I could actually think about that first that first earthquake that woke us up and the terror and the panic that I felt and I was able to actually process that a little bit and that helped tremendously to calm me down and so we ended up staying home and we did a little bit more reading because we've been looking on like the United States Geological Service website as well as like the University of Utah website and we've been like calling other people and texting other people and there was just so much conflicting information and that was kind of playing into our uh, fear because a lot of the fear was just the unknown we didn't know what was going to happen we didn't know what to expect and so once I got integrated you know I was able to clearly think about what was actually going on and read a little bit more and look at some numbers and make a make an informed decision that it was safe. Was the time so that the stayed... 9.0 was supposed to come, had that already passed? Oh, yeah, yeah. So we were driving south. So the most of the earthquakes have been happening like 10 miles north of us. The epicenters were about 10 miles north of my house. So did there end up actually being a 9.0 or, or was no. it not as... as no, Nothing, nothing like that even happened at all. Um, and so that was kind of my experience. Oh yeah, absolutely. That was, so that was kind of my experience of the day. It was just like all the fear and the stuff and then what helped me come out of it. But like what actually happened was we had a 5.7 earthquake at 7.09 yesterday morning. And all the aftershocks after that were like 3.9, 2.5, really like a lot smaller. The biggest aftershock we had was 4.6 yesterday. And then this, I did some more reading after we decided to stay the night at home on the University of Utah's seismology department website. And I read the statistics, and the statistics were so, so much less than we had thought when we mm-hmm. were panicking. So they, they started off by saying there's no scientifically accepted way to predict an earthquake in any way so like all this information is based off of earthquake data collected from around the world over you know as long as we've observed and recorded earthquakes so a 5.7 earthquake is 95 percent sure to be the biggest earthquake of that series there's about a five percent chance that an aftershock could be a 5.7 or higher and there's less than one percent i think it said about 1 in 300 could be between a 7.0 and a 7.5 aftershock. Based on the historical data. Right, based on historical data. And based on geographical data, a 9.0 earthquake is physically impossible in the state of Utah. I was going to, because I was about to, so I I had it written down here. I was like trying to figure out, I was like, like what, where, what is Utah on to make a 9.0 earthquake to happen? Right, yeah, that, you have to be on like, on like a tectonic you have to be on like on top of it in between like, like in on, between two yeah, large fish, yeah. tectonic plates so there's a bunch of fault lines in Utah which are just they're just essentially cracks in a tectonic plate 
But to have a, an earthquake that big, you have to be like in between two very large because I know in, on top of that as well I know there are there are plates that don't act as well with each other than others so they're like mm-hmm. you could be on you could be on the top of the of the middle and still not be in nearly as much danger than than some yeah that's kind of it that's today we felt two little tiny baby aftershocks in between seven and eight in the morning and then around noon we were down in the basement and we actually heard another one, but we didn't even feel it down in the basement. It's been really, really cool. The calm. 5.7 is the highest, is the highest mm-hmm. one so far. Yeah, yeah and most oh, likely yeah, by far. that's good. 